Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba. Welcome to the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. We're back with episode 76 and we got some things to talk about today. I got with me, my man, my neighbor, the guy that doesn't let me down, my homie, Yasin. Brother. What's good, bro? I, I'm sad today. I'm sad it's today. Sad. But it's a bittersweet sadness. Why? It's a bittersweet Why sadness. Sad, I'm here. Like it's it's been a while. I get it, but I'm here, and we're 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 on this pod together after probably over a month now, month and a half. So why why the sadness? For those who have been living under a rock or maybe below the rock and deep underground, our boy, our such a boy, has departed our grasp, our arms, and into. Another team. It's very bittersweet. It is bittersweet, man. Um, it's one of those things that you know you have no control over of because it's inevitable at that point, right? Like it's just bound to happen. It's something that, you know, you hope that when he does leave, you know, speaking previously, when that day comes that he brings in the money that is of his value. And I think we did that. And I think Adam Tumor did that. Would you agree? Right. right? 30 million plus 5 million in bonuses. That, yeah, that, yep. that is crazy, Emret. Like we broke the spread league record. This kid had a year and a half left on his contract. He could have easily just been like, yeah, I want to go for free at the end of it. I want to sign a big signing bonus of... Five to ten million. He could have given us problems like some other golf side players in the past, where they force a move and you know they they help out their new team get the best deal possible. I'm not going to give names now, but he could have easily done that, and he didn't. So he's a mensch, as my boy Emre would say. He's a mensch. Yes, he's a mensch. We're going to be talking about our boy Sasha, the mensch. But Yasin, will we ever be able to fill? Bowie's shoes again. No. I feel like we will. Yes and no. Eventually, eventually, there's always going to be someone we love and, and like hold dear to our hearts. Might not be Bowie, but there's going to be someone. As always, you know, we sold many players in the past who we thought like, ah, we're never going to be able to replace them. Eventually, everyone does, but they do leave a special place in our, place in our hearts that will never be filled. And that's what Bowie is. Absolutely, man. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that just about a year and a half ago, this kid was training with the youth squad or whatever, <laughs> the, the the reserve team. Yep. And if Dubois didn't get injured, he was going for like peanuts, right? Yep. Peanuts. Less than 10% of what he was, he left for today. It's crazy. I got to give him props. I got to give Okan Buruk props. And I got to give Adnan Timur props. Because the whole thing, the whole, like, 
Apparently, what happened was they came with an offer for 15 million euros. They're like, oh, well, give me 15 million euros. And he's like, boys, don't even open the doors for these guys. I'm not giving no 15 million euros. And then he spent days up and like arguing with people, you know, bargaining and whatnot. And bam, we got 30 million. We broke a league record, like you said, Yasin. And, and it's, just, it's crazy. We bought him for like a million euros. Mm-hmm. And we made 35, 30-35 with bonuses. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you can easily argue that he's worth even more than that. And, you know. That's a consequence of being in Turkish League, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But the floor is being raised. And, and I'm really proud of Galatasaray, you know, taking the next step in this process. You know, we've seen some of our competitors sell players for big values in the past. And. I feel like it was our turn, right? Like we've we've had players that are extremely valuable. We just have not sold them at the right time or we have had boards that ruined, you know, the, the sale process. They haven't been able to negotiate like Adam Tumores. We've had the players. We just haven't been able to sell them. That has been our issue for a very long time. And when Adam Tumor joined, of course, we wanted somebody that, understands a club, who brings in good players, who brings us success. But also, we wanted a board member who can finally help Galsai get over this extremely difficult challenge of selling players for what they're worth. And today, I think we saw that. We saw a player who was extremely valuable to this club, who unfortunately didn't want to sign an extension. The kid had aspirations to go to the next step. And I... And I can't say anything about that. You know, we, exactly. we always He's provided a lot oh, to this club. Absolutely. Whether that's in Europe, whether that's in the domestic league, Europa League last year, Champions League this year, bringing the championship last year, the domestic league. He's done everything we can ask for. He's never really given us an issue. He's a fan favorite for a reason. You know, to be a fan favorite of this club, it's not just about playing well. And it's also not just about being a good personality. It's about both, right? You have to respect the fans and you have to showcase yourself in a way that's respectable too. And he's done all that. So, Sasha Bowie, you have earned another Bayern Munich fan in the process, or I should say supporter. I never thought I would see myself saying I support Bayern Munich. but Same, bro. But here I am saying I, I have not only Sasha Bowie on notifications, but Bayern Munich on notifications. So... Bro, I used to, I was like a Dortmund, like I'm a Dortmund, uh, not supporter, but I like side with them. I like the underdogs, yeah. but this friendship with Dortmund ended, Bayern Munich, let's go. I might even buy the damn jersey <laughs> of Bowie. Dude, what, what number is he? It actually might be. He's 23. Bro, that's, that's mad nice. Yeah, bro. Do you know the reason for that, actually? I don't know. Maybe he likes Jordan. I have no clue. Maybe, I mean, 23 is the amount of, cha- like, the championship number he got Galsai, right? We're at 20. Oh, I don't know if he's going that, like, subliminal, Yasmin. <laughs> Probably not, but. But, uh, but it could be. I don't know. Because, like, what's a number? Like, maybe some reference to One Piece? I have no clue. Me but, yeah, our boy, our uh, boy, he wore the straw hat and took a picture with the Bayern Munich jersey on and, uh, it stung, but it is like like I said, bittersweet, and I'm proud. And I I couldn't ask for someone more, like, better to go and showcase 
what Galstadai can provide to Europe because, bro, he's going from Galstadai straight to Bayern Munich. You know how much of a risk that is for Bayern Munich? Like, how many proven players have left Galstadai and showcased themselves? Not a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And to add on to that, I think you make a really good point. A lot of times we've seen players leave the Super League for high amounts of money to Premier League, whatever it is, and they, they fuck up. They... They can't play the way that they played in the Super League at their new club. Whether it's injuries, you know, they they can't fit into the new team. The pace is they just can't keep up with it. Sasha Bowie yeah. is a player that I believe can continue to play at a high level no matter where he goes. And in this case, the Bundesliga, and that's exemplified by his amazing performances in the Champions League against Bayern Munich twice, United twice. I mean, Bayern Munich is not a stupid club. You know, it's, it's not like those. You know, there's some very well-known Premier League clubs, top clubs that make stupid signings, bring terrible coaches. You question the decisions that they make given their size and money. Bayern Munich is not like that. When they spend money, they they invest it properly. They do their due diligence. And I think they did that for Sacha Bowie. I have complete confidence in his ability to perform in the Bundesliga for a top club like them. Yeah, if he performs well, we're we're gonna start selling, you know, the players that we have for dumb prices like Ajax selling. Maybe not yet. Like selling Anthony for a hundred million. Bro, get the hell out of here, bro. That is the biggest robbery of the season I've ever seen, bro. <laughs> okay. So it's very important that he like performs. Like, yes, we sold him great for us, but if he doesn't perform at Bayern Munich and he like completely crashes and burns, and I I'm pretty sure he won't. But if he does, that's going to be a big like asterisk on our end. But if he does really, really well, we're going to start selling players for like 30s on like on a regular basis. So it's very important. Absolutely. And that's the only way out for our clubs, bro. Like only one team at the moment can go to the Champions League and get that jackpot. You know what I mean? Like that entrance fee. Yeah. At the moment. So it's very important. You see how important Champions League is, bro. You can lose both games to Bayern Munich. You get kicked out of the Champions League, and yet you can still make bread because you have players that showcase themselves, and every player wants to be in the Champions League. And that also, you sell players, then more players are willing to join your club, seeing as, you know, oh, Bowie made it to straight, you know, Bayern Munich from here. If I show, show myself well enough, I'll make it there. So... Great on, on, on Bowie's end, bro. Definitely. Absolutely. So, do we have the like complete details? Uh, I have it here somewhere. Let me pull that up real quick. And, you know, you, you believe it. It's cup. It's an official statement. But at the same time, uh, we've seen... No, I don't want to say take it with a grain of salt, but... Uh, this is what's publicly available, I should say, okay? So we, we sold them for a transfer net income of 30 million euros plus an additional conditional bonus of 5 million euros. What those bonuses are dependent on, we don't know. Is it easy? Is it difficult? Is it based on such a Bowie's performances, Bayern Munich's performances? Is it dependent on if he wins Ballon d'Or or if he makes it to the French national team? We don't know. But it's 30 plus 5. Additionally, that 5 million in euros in bonuses, there's a detail saying if Sasha Bowie is transferred to another club after Bayern Munich, 
all of the 5 million euros in unrealized contingent bonuses will be paid by Bayern Munich to Gala. All of it. So uh, let's say, hypothetical situation, one of the bonuses, Sacha has to play 100 games for Bayern Munich. If they sell him after one season to Manchester United for 100 million euros, I'm just hyperbolizing here a little bit, but they would have to give us that 5 million euros in bonuses. So that's that's a nice little comfort piece. I, I actually haven't seen that before. I don't know if you have, but... That's a- I've never seen it. That's an Arden Tumor <laughs> special right there. Absolutely. Very creative. I, I, I respect how he goes about these negotiations. And uh, and the last piece is we, were, we agreed to have two friendly competitions, two friendly games between Gala and Bayern Munich, where Bayern Munich will pay 50% of the profits made from these competitions to Galasai. Um, you hope that, uh, I mean, either way, whether the game is Istanbul or in, in Munich, you know the Turkish fans are going to pay to watch that game, two gigantic clubs. So ticket prices, the profits will be of decent size, I would imagine. So that's a nice little piece as well. Yeah, I mean, it's good to keep playing with Bayern Munich. That just puts your name out on the map, like regularly playing against them is really good for us. Not only for like name-wise, you know, putting us on the map, you know, oh, look, Galsada is constantly playing against Bayern Munich, but it also gives our players some some experience against Bayern. Like, oh, we're playing against Bayern, right? It's like normalizing it in their heads to consistently play against teams like this. And so they don't like, you know, like... Uh, like they're not scared to play against them in like actual European competitions or teams that are like near the same caliber. So it's very good. I like that they were doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's an opportunity for our players, young and old, to show themselves against the gigantic club. And hey, maybe they might catch the interest of Bayern Munich in those two games. When Bayern Munich announced the transfer of Sasha Bowie, Something that they said was we were impressed with Sacha Bowie's performances at Agassi in the Champions League and especially in the two games that we played against them. And I understand these are friendly games, but you know Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich plays every game competitively, whether it's a, yeah. it's a cup game, a Champions League game, domestic league game. They're a very competitive club. They take every game seriously. So if our players do the same in these two games, who knows, man? They might catch the eye of somebody and their value might go from... A million to five, or five to ten, whatever it is. So, uh, very good all around, these two friendlies. I can't wait to see Bowie do the Uchlu at the Allianz Stadium, Stadium with all the Turkish fans over there. Going to be crazy fun. And I know all the Bayern players are going to be jealous as hell. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll learn a thing or two and continue to do the same for Sacha. That would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, Bayern fans are very, very happy about this transfer. They're hyped. They're like, they think they paid a little too much. But that's because Bayern doesn't really pay exorbitant fees for players on like, like, like you said, like player uh, Premier League teams. Yeah. But they're very happy about Bowie. So it's very nice to see like them wanting a player from Turkey this much. So yeah, um, if you have nothing else to say, Yasin. On this matter? No, best of luck to Sacha and great job, Adam, and everybody else involved. Yep. Um, another piece of news that will have fans happy. Uh, Torreira got a two-year uh, year extension and what is it, 750K uh, raise? I am not sure about the raise in terms of how much more he's going to be making now. And to be, to be clear to everybody, this is not yet official. 
rather from a very reputable source in in the gala rumor uh, side of things. So uh, I saw a two year extension. Um, so that that will increase his expiration date from June twenty twenty six to June twenty twenty eight. That's four years now from today, which will bring him to about 31 years old. And a guy like him at 31, I imagine that he's going to stay similar tempo and he's going to be causing trouble in the league still if he stays around. So great, great, great addition uh, for us, you know, in terms of keeping him, locking him in for longer. Yeah, I was kind of nervous after he had that little breakup with Devrim, (laughs) Yenge. What are you doing, Yanga? What are you doing? Yeah, you almost trusted the her. The championship is on the line here, lady. Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, I remember before that relationship came, like, publicized by both of them on Instagram, I'm pretty sure there were rumors of him, like, potentially leaving. You know, there were clubs interested. I was starting to get a little bit worried, like, oh, shit, like, does Toreda want out? Like, is he up for, like, a new challenge kind of situation? And then, right. and then they became publicly together i'm like oh thank god devrim is clutch here like she's she's locking him and he stumbled now he's definitely not gonna want to leave and then they broke up i'm like oh god like now he's now he doesn't have as much incentive to stay in turkey and then the news comes out that he signed an extension so uh, i'm very happy (laughs) yeah no terrera is very important like him and icardi are very important for this team and i know we lost a very big player for us like bowie was like a very bro Bowie is something else but Torero is very important too and I'm very happy about this and like if he does get sold if he if there is a serious buyer this four-year extension gives us so much leverage yeah so it's important to have this I don't know if there's like any hopefully there's like no conditions that are tied to this oh if I you know like want to leave for Mm. this club for this amount of money but anyway, he's like another player that deserves it because he's also very, he's been utterly amazing. He's like very consistent, like Bowie. Him and Bowie are probably the most consistent players on our team. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So now that Bowie left, who is our target, Yasin? So I think the number one target, correct me if I'm wrong, is another French boy from. Right, Reigns. I believe this is the same club that Sacha came from, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, there's pictures of them training together when they were younger in that club. Yeah, prior teammate. Uh, also of the same age. His name is Lorenz Asignon. I don't know if that's the correct way to say it. Uh, I'll figure that out eventually. He sounds like a French dish, bro. <laughs> French dish. <laughs> Listen, man, I hope you... He- Do you like some Asignon? <laughs> I hope he's as good as that sounds. Um, he's he's a right back. He's, he's apparently also very pacey. He likes to go up. Uh, he's been playing decently, consistently for his club. Um, he has 14 appearances this season. One goal, two assists. He starts about 60% of games. Plays about 60% of minutes. So he's not necessarily the Sasha Bowie of Gala in terms of consistency playing 90 minutes and uh, being an extremely important player, but he's 23. Uh, his value is about 10 million on transfer market. Take it for what you will. Uh, you know that has increased steadily over the last couple of years. So it's not like he, you know, peaked really well over like two years ago. You know, he was hyped, and all of a sudden he's not. No, he's he has been consistently getting recognition. So he's on the rise. 
Um, and we're we're interested. We, we want him. That is the most recent conversations. And apparently, Sacha Bowie, as you said, is friends with the kid. So, uh, Sacha Bowie not only did us a, a nice thing in uh, bringing us 30 mil, 30 plus 5, but he apparently had communications with Lorenz before when he arrived. And uh, he had nice things to say. So, whether that makes a difference in the kid coming or not, uh, to be determined. But that's that's what we got right now. I'm not sure if that's going to be the guy that we end up getting as a replacement. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that guy? Um, We do need a player. I know it's not ideal at the moment because Renz is probably going to ask for a lot of money if he's like a regular for them. Considering this is the middle of the season and most people are not going to let their players go unless it's like a first transfer and they're having like a falling out with them. Um, in terms of how he plays, I did see a lot of what he does. He is very fast, but his defensive ability is like not really close to uh, Bowie's. And I don't know how well that's going to work. Maybe the Hoja, maybe Okon Hoja prefers him to be better in attacking sense. But let's see. Uh, the other alternative I hear a lot is Zeki Celik from, what was it, Roma? I think so. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, thank you. I would rather have this kid. I I hear like 7 million to 10 million is what they, they want for him. Which I'm not sure if I am comfortable with spending that much money on a player. Uh, I mean, we've done it in the past for young players with potential. Um, for example, Nelson. Uh, we spent that money on Shkaldao. That didn't work, obviously. Oh, boy. Don't remind me we of that, bro. We spent so money on uh, Mortan. A little bit less, but not exactly worked out the way that we want. Um, I think if we're going to go for these younger players, we should stay under certain limits. I realize everything is more expensive today than it was yesterday, uh, including these players and their transfer fees. But, you know, you brought in $30 million from Sajid. We have to use that wisely. Um, obviously, the most important piece is his replacement. So... You know, you want to spend, uh, if you have to spend, you spend it to get a good replacement. But um, hopefully they do their due diligence. I, I can't say that I've watched the kids' games. I've watched, you know, his replays and all that. But um, ideally, keep it closer to five than ten. But we'll see. Because we have a lot of other uh, spots that we need to fill too, Emma. So, uh, yeah, like our left back, for example. Yeah, left back. You know, we have Ridvan Yuma's rumored. I... I don't think you're a big fan of him, are you? Uh, no, bro. I'm not. He's going to get pummeled. Especially with these refs against us. Ugh. Yeah. yeah not, not to like, you know, oh, here we go again, Emre, with the refs. <laughs> no, no, no. Nah, I, I, like, his physique is just, I don't know. He is good attack-wise. But the thing is, in my mind, Yasin, why is Rangers letting him go right now? Or even considering letting him go? There's got to be something that is an issue at the current moment for them to even consider letting him go. I That's true. That's true. It could also very be as simple as, listen, this kid is good. He's fine. But we haven't seen the improvement that we wanted to. And we'd rather bring in somebody else who is going to bring other qualities that we're looking for. And that's it. I mean, look, if if they were trying to sell him at a discount and they... They're, tr- they're okay with the loss after two years of buying him, then that's of concern. But they're looking for basically break-even. They're saying, look, you know, the kid, he's still playing for them. He plays pretty consistently as far as I know. 
he's scoring goals every once in a while. Um, so it's not like he's out of the squad and just they're just not interested in him. It's it's a matter of he's playing for them, and you know there's this team Gala who also really wants him. And you now if I remember correctly, we've been wanting Ridwan for over a year now. Ever since he left Besiktas, he went to Rangers, and. No more than a year after he joined Rangers, we've been interested in him. I believe it was last summer, uh, even during the winter season, the year before that. I've been seeing him rumored with us multiple times. Of course, you have the Turkish foreigner limit that uh, was a reason for that. And Turkish foreigner limit now is maybe a reason to maybe not be so interested in uh, Ridvan, right? So for those who don't know, next season going forward, uh, the foreigner limit has been changed. It's now, uh, I'm going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 13 foreigners allowed in your squad, max 13. And you can play those foreigners however you want. If you want to start with 11 foreigners, you can do that now. There is no more 8 plus 3, 9 plus 2, whatever the rule is now and before, no such thing like that. You can play with 11 foreigners on the pitch as long as you have 13 in your squad. That's it. Now it's a matter of balancing, okay, do I want 11 very good foreigners playing for me or do I want you know, some Turkish starter caliber players and also some foreigners that are able to come off the bench, maybe some younger players that can you know, make an impact, that we can invest you know, in their youth and make their way into the A team uh, and play them off the bench. So it's a matter of balancing that and we have to understand, I guess, at the end of the day, how much we want to pay for a guy like Ridwan. The rumor is... They want four and a half million, Emre. I think we are we want closer to pay closer to two and a half. Uh negotiations have been going on for I think close to two weeks now. Um so we'll see. He 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 understands the league though, Emre. He he's left footed, he has Militalkum experience. Uh if he plays well for us this year, Emre, over the next six months, he might be a starter for the national team who's playing in the Euros this summer. So why is he not playing right now for the national team? Was he when did he get out of injury? Because you know who was playing the, a guy that was not I forgot his name. He's like a, a center back that was playing left back for the national team. Jank. I forgot his name. Jank maybe. I forget. Jank was it? Jank. I forget. Man. I forget his name, bro. Yeah. It's like where has he been this whole time? If he's been playing consistently, that's a good question. I did see a rumor though. Uh, I think it was last year that he. Apparently had heated discussions with um, our old national team coach, uh, the German dude. I already Kutz, forgot. Kunz. Kunz, exactly. Um, I'm not sure about the details, honestly. I probably should have looked that up beforehand. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a very valid question. If if he's if he's a player that can play on Galsai, then why is he not playing on the national team? Especially when the other options are terrible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully, we get it. Because the other option is Acuna from Sevilla. See, a lot of people are not happy with this one. I don't know. He's 32. And I kind of rate him, man. I don't know. I'm just... I just have a soft spot for La Liga players, I suppose. Right? Yeah. He's been good for Argentina as well during the World Cup. So, like, I trust Ocon Ojo's, um decisions or the choices that he wants to make. I understand there's not a lot of right backs. And so maybe Zeki Celik is probably like a last resort. Maybe we might not even get him if we get a decent left back and just use Budish and Khan on the right back position. 
from now on for all we know um but yeah and you said you mentioned that we might we have more openings or we need more players what else do you think we need apart from a left back and right back i think a midfielder man um like a somebody who can consistently play next to torreira and also maybe can play kind of in that eight and a half ten role um you know a flexible player somebody who can like I said, play 10 or 8 would be really ideal because right now we have who? Martens and Kerem playing that 10 role, which you know you can question both as to whether they should be playing or not. And then you have Ndombele, Demirbay, and uh, Berkan, I guess now, playing next to Torreira. All of these players have their good days, but they also have their bad days. I would like us to play, find a player that can play consistently and also bring something different to this team. You and John touched on it last week on the last episode. You know, bringing in a player now that can really bring some spark to the team, especially in our attack, is much needed. Um, we've been rumored with Dybala in the past. Um, whether that's actually possible or not is a different question, but... Somebody of his caliber would be amazing. Uh, somebody who can find Icardi passes consistently would be amazing. Um, I don't know about that one. There's that. And then, uh, before I leave it off to you, there's also the wing situation now. The right wing situation. Ziyech might be leaving. Tete might be leaving. Uh, that's two right wingers that... Uh, we might see leave in January. So who's going to be the replacement? Is it going to be players that are already in the team? Or are we going to bring somebody new? Or are we going to bring somebody who can play 10 and the right wing? So there's a lot of homework on our plate before the Europa League deadline for the squad registration in what, like three, four days now? So what are your priorities apart from the back positions? I've been asking for a midfielder forever now because... Yeah, people think, hey, Maritans is good. Maritans is 37, okay? You don't know when his legs are going to give out any time in the season. Okan Hoja has been making do very well with what he has, and that's not a lot because you have Edon Bell, like, who's gotten fatter <laughs> since who, he came here. Like, bro, how, come on. You, gotta, you came here overweight. How do you gain even more weight? I hate to see that, but, like, I, I, I really wanted Edon Bell to be, like, fit. His Napoli days which is like a year ago, big difference between then and now. And it's only been a year and a half or so, like a little less. Yeah. Um, then you have Kerem Demirbay, who's okay. He'll, he'll play good like two games and then play horrible the next two or three. We don't have anybody consistent there. Khan is good, but he, again, another makeshift midfielder. And I don't know if it's the player that we need right now because we'll get we'll touch more upon why, why I feel like we need the players that we need when we get into the the thing the guy the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, like I apart, dude, the right wing needs to change. I like Ziesh again. I like Ziesh a lot, and he did save us a couple of games and he got us a couple of points. That Manchester game was like literally all Ziyech. But he's like playing two games and out for three. Playing one game, out for two. And then you have Tete. Bro, what does he have? Like one goal in the Super League? One goal? Does he even have an assist? I don't even know if he has an assist. That's horrible, man. Absolutely yeah. terrible. And I, I really didn't want Tete to begin with, man. 
I think I recall saying it earlier in the season. I'm like, well, I don't know why we got him because I was pissed that we didn't get Rashitsa. I think you might find out soon why we got him. And the reason why I say that is because he's rumored to be leaving for a sum of anywhere between 5 to 10 million. Apparently, we have had received our first offer and we're looking for 10 million plus 20% in future sales as a bonus. Now, that's good money. I don't know the official numbers of how much we actually paid for his signing fee because essentially like at the end of the day. 6 million, no? 5 or 6 million. I think it was around that price. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Um, as a reminder for everybody, he came as a free agent, but because he came as a free agent, we paid a signing fee of, as Emmer just mentioned, close to 5 to 6 mil, which is a lot of money. And the reason why we were willing to do that is because he had high value. He played for, you know, other European clubs decently in the past. He He's of young age. So, you know, the potential was there, you know, to have a future sale or just really work out for your team and score goals. Unfortunately, that has been the case so far. Apparently, we told him to find a new club, him and his agent. Um, so, Emre, I don't know, maybe... Between now and the next podcast, we might see a sale for Tete of close to ten million. Would that change your opinion on why you know why we got him, or uh, how would you feel that? <laughs> well, I mean, if we weren't still, you know, very close, like almost like basically first place, but like if we yeah. haven't been like collecting the points we've been collecting, I would be pissed off because he's been doing nothing. Yeah, he's been riding that whole Copenhagen goal for like <laughs> the whole season. Oh, that was a nice goal, though. Okay, yeah, it was nice, but like, how many did he miss and how many did he help us score? Yeah, yeah. throughout the season. Okay, I mean, he's like Zaha has been doing work despite being like people are saying he's underperforming. If he's underperforming, what the hell is Tete doing? <laughs> no one's well, talking about this guy. Yeah expectations too man right like Zaha came in with huge expectations that's why people criticized him man. bro poor old Kedam is scoring he has 10 over 10 goals already he got more <laughs> criticism than goddamn Tete yeah again uh, yeah yeah that's not fair um, I agree yeah um, so yeah Yasin I think we covered pretty much everything that needs to be covered news wise and like rumor wise um, you want to go into the Istanbul game? Yeah, let's do it. Um, another win, another game with three or more goals, which is always really, really nice to see. Um, especially you know, considering how close we are with our competitors and goal difference being a factor, as we've seen in the past. So, uh, let's let's continue to score goals, right? So, Galsa Istanbul Spore, we won three one at home. Um. I would say we played pretty well, you know, if you want to look at statistics, uh, 2.3 XG versus their 0.41. So we definitely, I would say, deserve this game. Uh, the lineup, <laughs> we have our two jokers. Uh, I guess we have to kind of talk about that, right? Musleta at the back. We had Badashal Yilmaz this time play right back, which is a bit surprising. Uh, Victor Nelson and Sanchez in the center back position. Abdukerim is out injured. Uh, Khan Ayhan played left back. Uh, Kerem Demirbay, Luke Storere played in the midfield. Martens is your number 10. Tete on the right. Kerem on the left. And then Zaha up top. Icardi was on the bench once again. Um, 
I'll need to go through the Istanbul sport game. What do you what did you think of that lineup? Did you have any initial impressions? Anything stood out to you? Or would you did you pretty much expect that? I mean, I pretty much expected it considering it was the team we played with against Trabzon. Uh but you know, swap out Tete for Budish. That's what I probably would have wanted to see. But I understand why Tete started. Cause like he's the most non Brazilian Brazilian player. At this point, you know, because we all knew what was going to happen with this Istanbul game. What were they, what, they were going to sit the behind the ball, behind the damn box, like penalty line, basically. They were sitting in front of that, like a, like a 6-5-0 almost, bro. 6-4-0, sorry. Like, what are they, what the hell? Bro, you know, their striker came back to defend against Butters Alped Yilmaz. That's how much they were defending. It's ridiculous. And you need someone like Tete to maybe dribble past players, but no, he was like non-existent. He's the worst player in our in our um game. He had like a what is he 6.3 6.3 and he was subbed out in the 45th minute. He was not he was not there in the second half and we played much better in the second. I don't think we played that well. I think we played pretty poor after the first 10 15 minutes or so we gave them a lot of op- like opportunities we were just not on our day man like Torreira wasn't really on it he's still good but he wasn't like getting those balls those one-on-one wins that he usually gets he w- he wasn't getting those they 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 dude they were counterattacking us like crazy but i, I want to say this where the hell were you guys all this time istanbul sport is this the game you guys decided to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to start playing football with your damn 10 points. Like, what the hell? And I see how they play against other teams. Namely, you know, I don't even want to say, but people will know that they're listening. The way they play against them versus us is it's crazy, crazy, to crazy. Be, to be fair, they do have a new coach, right? Um, they do have a new coach, yes. And this, but still, this was where, the second they, where game. have they been? Yeah. Um, isn't Istanbul Sport also the team that got like a point deduction? Three point uh, deduction, bro. They're like almost guaranteed to be exactly. getting relegated, and they're selling two of their players. Like Endow is getting sold, mm-hmm. right? I don't know who else the other guy was, but he's definitely getting sold. Nase, whatever. This just us winning, just you know, cherry on top. Um, but yeah, that's about. What I, well, my thought, that's a damn long tangent for just a question asking me about the lineup. But yeah, go ahead. No, that's fine. I mean, I, to add on to that, what do you think of Budish on the right right back position and Kanaihan on the left back position? I would have thought it's the other way around. Considering Budish has been playing left back and Kanaihan yeah. has been playing right back more so. So what do you think of that? I mean, would you say it has to do with the players that's in front of them? You know, Kanaihan played behind Kerem. You know, I would say Kanahan is more a defensive-minded player. Do you think that was to complement Kerem on the left side? It could be. could be. Um, I'm not sure why Dehoja did that. Could be multitude of reasons. Maybe he wanted someone with the right foot to cross into the box with a different, like, you know how you curve it in from the right side with your right foot when you're on the left wing instead of doing it with your left foot? Yeah. Right, and like that might cause issues in the box because, bro, again, they were defending with like six men. Um, but th- that then you think, wait, why would they cross this game when there's no Icardi? Um, I don't know, maybe it's like you said to clean up 
the balls that Kerem always loses? Could be. I don't know. Good question. But the Koja saw that it wasn't working and he switched it up anyway after the second half, which produced a lot more positive results. And if you noticed, he switched the center backs too. I don't know if that has to do with them switching positions in the wing backs. Mm. Or the full backs, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. What is your what is your uh thoughts on this? Yeah, that that was pretty much it. I mean, if you look at our subs, man, it really it's not an exciting bench, is it? We apart from Icardi and Dombele, who is wildly inconsistent, Halidevisholo, who I'm not sure what kind of future he has with this team right now. You know, he he's pretty inconsistent as well. Is he a striker? Is he a number nine? Is he eight and a half? I, he's I still our don't Turkish understand. Cup player. That's what he is. He plays on the wing sometimes. I I don't know. He's like a fake joker at this point. Um, there's Ayub Aydan, who is somewhat promising, but you know you don't necessarily expect him to start over Demirbay. Berkan Kutlu, who just joined, who was never started before. I don't expect him to be a starter now. Kazimjan, like all and a bunch of youngsters. Like our bench is actually kind of weak right now. It is uh, weak, and yet we're challenging for the title so who do you give the props to like and Icardi has been not Icardi for the past two months mm. so kudos to Okonoji he's like you know what they say idare idiot you know he's like making do with what he has he's like Tony Stark in Iron Man 1 in that cave making that reactor with scraps mm -hmm. that's what he's doing <laughs> right now like out yeah. of form Tet your Tete is not there Ziyech is not there. He's always, his mind is always at Morocco. We don't have a right back right now. We don't have a left back. We're, both of them are just playing out of position. Demirbay, again, like I said, is not consistent. And you have an aging to um, Mertens who can't play 90 minutes. You have a out of form, very out of form in Dombele. And then what, what, what do you have on the bench that can actually come in really provide this team with um you know a result who can change something up well what do you have yeah we definitely need to bring a couple players starter starter level players absolutely um hopefully between now and next week we we make those changes at least at least two or three um zh is out obviously he's in the afcon whether he stays or not he's not joining anytime soon um so I don't know. Meanwhile, our um, rivals are making like 20 transfers. We're still not making any transfers. And I understand these things take time. But we really need to start making a few. Instead of trying to get, like, we kind of screwed ourselves over trying to get, you know, the best price possible plenty of times. Before, let's just, like, like okay, if we got to pay this much, let's just pay it. Not try to say a million or two million max. I understand that, you know, we have a club to run, but we also have a championship to win because going into the Champions League gives you a ton of money as it is. And also, if we want to do anything in the Europa League, assuming we're not just throwing that away because that's that like I know Champions League is like the high point for where teams look at players, but mm -hmm. Europa League is also decent, man. Like it is no, a good place to showcase yeah, it. There's some big teams in the Europa League. Like Liverpool is there, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we sh we need to do something there. I, I would hope to see like a quarter or even a semifinal. Mm -hmm. 
So let's let's make our transfers. Let's do something. Let's oh, let's not just drop this on Okonoja. Ah, just do something. You know, you got to give the man some tools to work with. Yeah, because listen, if we if it doesn't matter if we made thirty million, if we don't use that properly now and then don't make the Champions League, God forbid we don't win the domestic league either this year. Then you have a lot of money that you're gonna end up having to overspend on players just to convince them to come again. You know, at right, least if exactly. you're in the Champions League, you can convince you know top clubs to send maybe their their B players to you on loan that are still very good quality. You can convince young players to come to you over some other big clubs because you're in the Champions League. You can use Sasha Bowie as an example. So, I I understand January is a very tough window to work with. Both buying and selling, you know, when you're buying, you know, you, you have to spend overspend. When you're selling, you're losing a big piece of your team, aka Sasha Bowie. So um we really do have to think of the the benefits of spending now. Uh this team really needs it. Okaburu needs it. Um so yeah. Definitely agree with that one. Um Anything about the game in particular that you want to talk about? Kerem, obviously. Yeah, Kerem, yeah I was going to say Kerem, bro. <laughs> let's let's throw some props to my boy's way, bro. Come on, like, finally. Who, yeah. you, did you think he was going to take that penalty? Do you, like, I, I know I, I didn't want him to take that penalty because, God forbid, he missed that penalty. All hell would have broken loose. Like, he's already riding a thin line with the fans, undeservedly, if you ask yeah. me. yeah. But like Plus, if you missed it. Who else is taking that? Are you gonna say Mertens? Mertens, or Zaha? Mertens, bro. Mertens, Zaha. Anyone but him. Give it to Torreira if you need to. I don't care. Cause they no, at I, least have credit. They have credit. I my respect for Kedem grows by the day. Exactly. I swear. Like, yeah. This kid this kid Capitan. has been with this club for many, many years now. Defying all odds, all haters, all everything, all the criticism in the media. His mentality is unmatched, in my opinion. Like, he could have easily let somebody else take that penalty. He said, no, I'm the next captain up. I'm the next goal scorer up. I'm going to take this penalty. He scored. Same thing later in the game. Free kick, you know. Uh, oh, wait, that was that was last game, wasn't it? No, no, free, no, no, free kick was this game too. His second goal. Yes. Hey, it was, it was, it was, it was. Okay, okay, sorry. Same thing. Like, somebody else could have easily taken that free kick. Very good spot. Even if you're not the best free kick taker, that's that's an opportunity that you want to take a shot at goal. He took it, he scored. Um, so huge credit to him, man. Um, I think he's been going through some shit mentally lately because of all the criticism. Yeah, uh, unfair criticism. Yeah, and definitely. He, he's he's overcome that. Um, I think he needs the support of the fans. I I think his teammates are doing a very good job supporting him. You see it from McCarty on social media. You see, you know the the. the the media, the practice videos of all of his teammates having fun with him. So I think that side of things are taken care of. It's not really just up to the fans. And to some extent, it hasn't even been in his, like, it hasn't been his fault that he's being criticized. One of his biggest criticisms is number 10, the way that he's not able to play that position. That's not necessarily his fault that nobody else can step up for that role if we don't have a proper 10, right? Yeah. I think the fair criticism is what pisses John off on a seemingly week-to-week basis. John and all of us is those skyrocket of shots that he has in front of goal. But listen, he scored last week. He scored again twice this week. So 
hopefully he's uh, turning turning a new leaf. On yeah, that perspective things. It's it's he didn't have a great first half. He did make a lot of mistakes. Uh he's like rushing. He's always rushing. He needs to like slow down. Like you don't have to play forward, forward, forward every single time. You can pass back, kid. I mean, you can. You don't have to always play the 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 straight pass. But uh, um, apparently, before the second goal, before the free during the free kick, he asked Mertens, "Yo, let me take it, bro. I've been practicing." And Mertens gave it to him, and he scored. Like that, like you said, is very commendable. He has the what was like. He has the mind and presence. He has the confidence to take these. And you know what's funny? <laughs> John probably got a good laugh at this. He's like in an interview. He's like, I actually find my finishing very good. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, you, you saw the goal he scored last week. Dude, that was a crazy finish. Like he has his moments where he's is a world-class finisher. So Right. But like what we want is like him to finish those simple goals. That's what we need him to do. And that's what he needs to work on. Um, but it's very good to have someone that can uh, take these free kicks. Bro, he's he's very accurate with these free kicks, man. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yes, yes. He, he definitely puts his time and effort into practicing that shot. Um, you, we, uh, one player I do, are we done with Keram? You have anything else to say about no, our boy? No, no, Bro, what's going on with Sanchez? <laughs> what the what's hell happened? Sanchez? What do you think? I don't know, man. Because he was playing really well. And that was next to Abdukerim, right? Uh, that's when Nelson was giving us issues. And you know he was inconsistent. We brought in Sanchez. He hit the ground running. Incredible center back, right? It instantly became our best, if not second best center back. And then all of a sudden, he's what? Injured? Uh, nobody really knows what happened. They, they said he's injured. He said himself he's not injured. He says, asked the coach. Didn't really love that. Nelson has been playing pretty consistently. Abdukerim is irreplaceable, so he has to start. So Sanchez has been riding the bench or out of the squad, injured, right? In quotation marks. He returns this game because Abdukerim is injured and he plays next to Nelson, which... Might be, what, the first time that we're seeing that? I'm actually not 100% yeah. sure. Maybe that has to do with it. Maybe he lost his rhythm and he has to find that rhythm again. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe mentally he's there's something going on in the background. I'd rather not assume the worst in this case. Uh, I would like to see a couple more games. Obviously, Abdukadim is out for a couple weeks. So, we're going to have to see Sanchez and Nelson play together a couple more games. but. Um, I hope he turns it around, man. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, is there something else on your mind? That's why, bro. Maybe- like you said, rhythm. Because most of it was not like oh, like positional like issues. It's more like his like tackles, his the way he played before. Like he would be going into everything with you know relative success, and right now he's not doing any of that. Like the goal that they scored, the second goal. Right, you'd expect him to jump in the air and try to like, you know, meet that ball in the air and try to put it into the corner or something, like out to corner. But he's just sitting there, relatively relaxed, like, "Oh, this is a goal. Nothing I can do," and just like not doing anything. 
I, he did improve a little bit once he switched sides with uh, Nelson. Maybe it could be because he was playing on the left. I'm not entirely sure. But he's definitely not his old self. Like that, that, that Sanchez we know who's like really a big problem for the other team currently. Could be that he has, like, again, injured. We do need to give him some time to, you know, come, to, come back to himself. I, I'm not going to say anything right now. It's just very jarring during the game. It's like, damn, what's going on? It's like he's not in Sanchez. someone else underneath that head of his. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know really what else to say. That Soapy turns it around. Dude, what do you, what do you think about pissed me off that that goal that was canceled by var for cardi what the hell oh yeah i i said it immediately in the chat and i don't know if you saw this right so to go back to the play a, a cross comes from our right side into the box icardi is very clearly in my opinion off sides it looked like i it. disagree okay let's either way let's continue with the play he, he looks off sides Goalie makes an attempt for the ball. He jumps. Icardi is in the far post, right? So Icardi is not interfering with the goalie. Goalie jumps. At first, you're not sure if he actually punched the ball or not, okay? I thought it was pretty clear he punched the ball. But, like, you look at a couple of replays, it's not 100% sure. That he ball, after he seemingly punches it, which he does punch it, hits an stumble support player. Deflects off the Istanbul Sport player right in front of Icardi, and Icardi finishes it. Goal. They look at the VAR to see if it's offsides or not, and they end up calling offsides. They take away his goal. I thought number one is bullshit because, to your point, if if you want to argue saying he's not offside, if he's not offsides, then the argument's simple. He's not offsides. This should be a goal. If you look at it my way, you can say Icardi is offside, sure. But he had nothing to do with that play. And because the goalie punched the ball, hit his own teammate, and then deflected to Icardi, yeah. that, to, to my understanding, that's a, that's a reset of offsides. Even though Icardi was offsides to begin with, the play continued and reset. And now all of a sudden, because it's coming off of the Stumblesport player, he, it doesn't matter if he's in offside position or not at that point. It deflected off their player, came to Icardi, and he scored. It shouldn't be offsides. You know what pissed and, me off the most? Go ahead, finish. And to, to make things worse, which is maybe what you're about to say, is the replay that we initially saw on TV, there was a replay before the VAR, by the way. Before the VAR, the goalie punches it. There's like three replays of the goalie punching it. Only one of them is super clear that he punched it. And the other two are not. They send the ref to the VAR to see this. They show both replays of the, the ones that are not clear to the ref. And the one that is very clear that shows the, the goalie punching the ball. They start showing that replay. And then they cut the replay right before he punches the ball. Like in the third replay, he's about to punch it. And then they cut the replay and then they show the ref something else on, on the VAR. Why why can't you just let the ref see the whole play play out on VAR? Like yeah. that that to me seemed very purposeful and controversial as fuck. 
Dude, See? I'm not even. That's not what I was. That's how controversial this is because that's not even what I was going to tell. <laughs> Bro, it, the whole play was canceled because it was offside. It wasn't. It had nothing to do with the ref. I mean, the the goalie because. You know the did you see what the angle they showed the offside from? I it was didn't like see that. it was like they should have just showed it from space, bro. It was like middle <laughs> of the of, um you know where the cameras are? Yeah. In the middle of the stadium, like all the way from there, like from the back. Yeah. Like you can't see like you can't make heads or tails of the situation. And where the hell is the automatic VAR system? Why didn't we see that either? That's how controversial this is. And people are going to be like, yo, you guys are controversial. You just, where's your, uh, your tinfoil hat? Bro, what else do you need? Like, it shouldn't be this difficult to, to make, you know, the goal, either a goal or not. Like, just tell us or show us. We want clear cut evidence. What happened to, we want it. What happened to the VAR? Did it, I remember seeing something. Oh, they're going to let us hear what they're talking in VAR rooms now. Where is that? Lies after lies, man. And this is what we got to deal with. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 what can I say? I mean, fortunately, we won the game, right? It could have like, been easily 2 2, you know? It could have easily, hey, right? Like, <laughs> this is what other teams' fans are complaining about. They're like, oh, it was 2 nothing, And then the ref took away a goal and made it. Two, I mean, 1-1 one, one with the penalty. But well, like, it's a penalty, boy. That, that was correct. That was correct. Like, what do you... I hope that they call that, right? But um, in, in your point, right, this, this could have been a very different game. We could have lost points today and nobody would have said anything about that 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 position, that, that goal that was taken away. Um, so, I don't know. Well, Cardi did get his goal canceled, but he... Scored yet again through a penalty, which he created himself, which was a net penalty. Mm-hmm. What do you think, bro? Is he back? Is the man? He's he looks so happy to be, happy to be back, man. I'm so happy to hear that song <laughs> playing in the stadium. I missed it. I missed I, it we all missed it, bro. I'm sure he missed it the most. Um, no, he Icardi loves being loved. Icardi loves scoring goals. Icardi loves bringing happiness to the fans and I, I i'm sure he misses all of it man so oh, of course about being happy being back i'm sure and he's gonna be even happier once he scores goals more consistently and not necessarily just penalties uh to give a little criticism there i mean i would like to see him a little bit more active and most importantly i would like us to feed him the ball better uh, i think that has to do with him not being able to score as many goals as before He's just not being fed properly. Yasin, so. how are you going to feed him when he's being marked by three players? Three players. That's not, and then, then you have the um, left back and right back that's not even on him. You have three center backs marking him. You have a right wing that doesn't work because Tete was terrible. Bodish is okay. He's What is the kid going to do? Right? And like Khan switched over and kind of got better. But again, like, what is he going to do? We need, this is why I said, bro, we need a midfielder to open up these, these teams that sit back and defend against us. You know, like, th- these teams don't open up against us like they do some other teams. And you, we know every team, any Anadolu team that needs points desperately is going to like, gonna start doing this more and more as they need more points into the season. 
So we definitely like we need someone creative. We need a creative player. I don't know who that is, but we need to open these teams up because we're having a hard time opening them up. Maybe we might do something special, maybe a difference in um our system, but all I know is apart from these um these free kicks and this penalty, we we're having a hard time opening these teams up, man. I'm kind of concerned. But again, Okan Buruk is doing something. I don't know if you call it luck. Or they call it ball, but 14 <laughs> wins in a row at home ain't something to be scoffed at. He's he um equals someone's record, and he's about to break it if he wins against Gazantep. So that's going to be very, very good in his name. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Credit to him. I mean, you can criticize his play or play style, which I have been doing. I have. I mean, I wasn't on. I was on the podcast last week to agree with you guys, but John said it perfectly. Like our, our play has not been good the last few weeks, also over a month now. It's just not fun to watch. We've been barely scraping away with wins. I would like to see that change. And to Okamburuk's defense, I think we need a little bit more change in our offense as well. The players that we have, not just the way that we play, but the players we have. Um, we we can criticize Tete easily. We can cri- criticize Ziyech. When you have a lot of offensive players that you can criticize at an individual level, at a certain point, like what is your coach supposed to do about that, right? Like your yeah. players, if, if they're not consistent, if they're not available, if all this stuff, if you're missing a very cre- – like if you're missing one of the most important parts of a, an offense, Icardi. which is Icardi, and also just a creative number 10, somebody who can actually create consistently, we don't have, then like y- your coach is – had a disability here like he can only do so much and well, his mertens, only so much is winning all these games so right mertens is not even a number 10 but he's a makeshift number 10 as well like we have that's a true. team full of makeshift players <laughs> that's very true you know i kind of forgot about that myself actually um i keep saying cardi's number 10 but he's not a 10 either you mean yeah. mertens wait yeah, cardi? Yeah, Mart- oh. i'm sorry mertens mertens okay okay yeah. i was like when was a cardi number 10 <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and and on top of that, bro, I feel like Okan Buruk's system is not meant for teams that sit back. It's very hard to play again. Like his system shines when teams open up when they need to play. That's why in derbies he's like doing insanely well. He has a really good record in derbies right now. Cause his system works against big teams or teams that just open up and play. Where they start sitting back, it's like, okay, what do I do? Then you kind of need a little bit of luck, a little bit of um, what they call individual skill from players like Ziyech or like Kenam's individual performance, you know, with free kicks and whatnot. Yeah. Maybe that's a player that you need to target, right? Like you need to maybe bring in a player that fulfills a weakness that you have. Somebody who can make something out of nothing. Somebody who can shoot from distance, who has... A laser pinpoint pass cross that we can find players like Icardi in the box more consistently. Um, somebody who can beat players on a dribble. One, two, three of them at the same time. I'm not sure. I sure as hell hope we don't bring a similar player to the ones that we do have currently. Um, yeah. Just so, just so we give Okamburuk a little bit more to work with. Um, is what you mm-hmm. hope. Yeah. yeah, like, bro, there is no team... That has the, the antidote, the solution to <laughs> play well against a team that's sitting back with their whole team and their striker coming to help. What kind of football can you play? It's really difficult. 
but there there is a lot of improvements we need to make. Like I know um John really wants us to be able to sit in their box and just pass the ball around until we find an opening because we do play a little we rush a lot. And I, and that is a valid concern um valid concern. And I, I don't know if we have the right players for that though. Exactly. I was just about to say to be able to do that all of your players in the attack need to have the ability to make the right pass, like have the have the vision to make the right pass, right? The mental IQ to know where to pass, when to pass. That's number one. Number two, they have to have the skill set to be able to make those passes. A lot of the guys, I don't want to say a lot of the guys, but some of our guys just can't do that. Like their passes are not accurate. Like that is the reality of the situation. Barish Alprayimas is not the most technically gifted player, but he, he's very good. But he's just not, he's not a player that you can throw in in that situation, be like, all right, make a lot of really good, accurate, smart passes consistently. Like, I, I can't count on him to do that. I, I, I can't. I just can't. Kedam so, is not great as well with the passing. Also, yeah. you need quick passers. Like, if you don't pass quickly, you the teams that they just shift to the right side, to the left side, wherever you're trying to pass to open up, you know, to make room. Like, Torreira's a good passer, but he's also not, like, really fast. Like he, he tries to play more consistently and more, you know, safe. That's why his past statistics are like in the 90s all the time. Whereas Keram, he doesn't give a damn if it's safe or not. He wants to play the quick pass, high risk, high reward type passes. That's what Keram wants to play. And that's why his passing statistics like hover around 65 to 70s. And that's why, that's why it's hard to play that type of game against these, play, these teams that just sit back. I don't know how you um, open it, but that's why I like Ziyech a lot, bro. There was so many times where we're like 1-1, 2-1, whatever, and we're in a pinch. He just shoots from outside the box. Boom. Done. No more sitting back. That's they need to open up. About. And he said this himself after a post-game interview one time. He's like, they were sitting back, and I knew we needed to shoot, and I shot, and it went in. Like, that <laughs> one long-distance shot that he had, I think it maybe took a deflection. I don't recall, but... That's what you need sometimes. Yeah, that's you like absolutely they, need that, bro. These teams dare you to shoot. They're like, you're we're not gonna let you pass us. Do what you want from you know 25 yards out. It's all up to you. And then oftentimes you don't have somebody capable of shooting. So either we just dribble, pass side to side, or sometimes you see like Abdul Kenim try a shot from 30 yards out because yeah. he's like, Why not let me try? One of those is gonna go on one day. I just don't know when, but or um, we cross needlessly nonstop. And then we don't have somebody who can cross properly. Like that's that's okay in that situation. Cross, okay. Test test the box, right? Maybe it deflects. Maybe something happens. But even then, we don't have people who can cross the ball properly. That that's another problem we have. So hopefully, the 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 dudes that we bring in for left back or right back or both are actually capable, at least one of them, of putting in deadly crosses consistently. That would be yeah. huge for us. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need that for our team. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's gonna, dude, we're going into a very tough league race right now. It's between two teams and the team that has the more, um, individual skill might end up, you know, the victors. Cause again, these teams, it's like team play to an extent, bro. You know what I mean? Like you, like even Byron has a hard time opening up teams that sit back nonstop. They do open them up, but look how much individual skill they have on their team. Team's worth like a billion dollars. Yeah. We we definitely need some transfers because 
Okan is not gonna like be at a color, bro. Be at a color. You need you need some transfers. Yeah. And I, and I trust that Tumor is well aware of this. He as we pointed out many times before, he's a fan just like us. He's extremely intelligent. He knows Galsai. He watches Galsai. He is aware of what this team needs and hopefully hof- he can get hof- it done. Hopefully he can speak Communicate with Okan Buruk and find a solution that he needs, that he can also Ayrton Tumor can agree with that this team needs and they can bring in the right players. Obviously, it's difficult in January. That's why if we don't make the best transfers in January, I can only criticize so much because we want good players. Teams don't want to let go of their good players, right? So it's it's a very tough situation to be in. Um, we sold Sacha for a lot of money, but we might have to spend a lot of money to find players at this time as well so right it's a t- it's tough yeah i mean we're going into another tough game against a team that's just known to be sitting back with a new coach as well sumidika is back guys with gazantep <laughs> and uh i kind of rate sumidika he's like not a bad coach he's a pretty decent coach he knows what he's doing and they're also going to be sitting back that's that's how they play so i can't really criticize them they also sit back with you know, six players. It's going to be tough, Yasin. What are your thoughts on that game? Just to wrap, start wrapping things up. It is a tough game. I mean, it's home, which is a huge plus. Back-to-back home games. Um, I, I love that. Um, but it's against Gaziantep, who is in relegation. They have 23 points, but they're also... There's a lot of other teams that are very close to relegation. So they, if they believe in themselves, which they should, getting three points... Or even a point at Galsai is huge for them. It would be the difference between relegation or not for them in the season. So I expect them to really chase for the game, to try their hardest all game. It's going to be tough, uh, no matter how uh, much of a difference in quality there is between the two teams. Let me just take a quick look at their recent games, because I'm curious now. They tied a lot of games. like <laughs> They have. Right, so they, they can defend. Yeah, right. the, yeah, they they tied Konya, they tied Sivas, they lost to Fener one nothing. So um, I mean, it looks like Fener dominated that game, but either way, uh, it was a close game. So uh, I mean, if I had to make a prediction, I'll say some like three one again, because I do believe in our attack. Like even though I think it's a little bit organized, I believe in the quality players we have, and I think. Icardi is rumored to start this next game, so that's huge. Uh, as you pointed out earlier, he attracts a lot of defenders around him. They have to double-team him, triple-team him. That leaves more room for Zaha and Kerem, who have both been in pretty good form. So I hope that form continues into this game. If Icardi is not the one that's going to be scoring, I think one of them will be scoring at least one each. So, yeah, I'll say 3-1. I'm not going to give a prediction, but... Um... <laughs> We really need to find the goal in the first 30 minutes. We need to start closing this average that we have. Ben yes. has like 10 goals on us. We really need to close it because I don't know where this league will end up, but I don't want another situation where we lose the championship because of one goal difference, okay? Uh, I, we don't want to force that either because no matter how many goals you score, if you're behind by one point, you lose the championship as well. So I think Okan Buruk is in the mindset of whatever means necessary before I even think about the goal average. So as long as we win this game, I hope we win this game. We should be fine. We're, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to make some transfers. We need to make transfers. 
but we need to get through this um this point in our in our schedule. But yeah, no, I think uh hopefully like it says like you said 3-1. Hopefully we end up winning. But yeah, anything else you want to add, Justin? No. Um just looking forward to these transfers. 30 million is a lot of money to work with. We we saw what Adam Tumor has been able to do in the last year and a half with very little money to work with. I'm very excited to see what he can do with money that he actually has now, you know, in terms of transfer money coming in. Um, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully he could pull out more uh, bunnies out of, out of that hat of his, uh, the magician. All right. This has been episode 76 of the Lion's Den. We thank all of you that has stayed this far and listened to us, you know, talk about these things. You guys are what motivates us to do this every week. Um, you can find us at the Lions Den GS on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us whatever you guys want. Messages. If you guys have something you want to show us, send that too. And uh, if you want to invite to our Discord where we talk about games, other stuff, what have you. Just, you know, just talking with the guys. Hit us up for a link and we'll, we'll invite you as well. And with that said, thank you and have a good one. Take care. Take care, guys.